0: Love it! welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean, people. It's good to see you. Happy end of the week. I love a good end of the week show. Not just because it's the end of the week, but because these shows always happen to cover a lot of ground. I got some Beyonce story for you. I got two Beyonce stories for you, okay? I got some stuff on the insurrection. I got some best things that we've seen all week, okay? Some of this is going to make... One of these might make you cry a little bit. The other one's going to fill you with a lot of joy, some great stories of some good things happening in the world. I don't care what the darkness is trying to tell you, okay? Life, love, joy, good things are happening, and I came to prove it. So how about we get to the business of proving it? Play the bumper, highly. Shout out to my main man, highly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the insurrection, because I told you guys that I have been watching the uh, January 6th committee hearings like it's... Must-see TV. It's like Cheers for me. Remember Cheers? Remember? Maybe you're, that's, you're too young. Okay. Anyway, whatever your must-see TV was when you were a kid, this is what that. This is what the January 6th committee hearings have been for me. And I have good news. Okay. Not good news for the person I'm about to talk about, but good news for America. And I'm about to tell you why. So I'm happy to repoint that report rather that Guy Wesley Refitt, has been sentenced by a federal judge to six years for his participation in the uh, January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. Originally, the Justice Department requested that Mr. Reffitt be sentenced to 15 years, but ultimately the judge decided to give him, check this out, listen listen to this, to give him seven years and three months with three years of probation and ordering him to pay $2,000 in restitution And ordering him to receive mental health treatment. I don't know who Judge Friedrich is. Never met Judge Friedrich. But it's the, you got to get mental health treatment that got me. (laughs) Because clearly the judge is trying to say, you got to be out of your damn mind to attack the U.S. Capitol. And think that nothing's going to happen because you did it. Shout out to the judge, man. Shout out to mental health treatment. Because, you know, a lot of us need it. A lot of us don't realize that we do. He got seven years. I think seven. In fact, let me say this real quick. I think seven years is not, a lot, not enough time. Um, but at least he was held accountable. You got to hold people accountable for what they do or they're only going to keep doing it. And newsflash people, it's only going to get worse. People don't get better when you give them a pass. Write that down. <laughs> people don't get better when you give them a pass. They only get worse. They become more malevolent. They become full of more mendacity. They become more deeply problematic. And what started out as a little bitty thing that you could overlook turns into something that's absolutely crazy that's ruining your life. And you could have stopped it when it started. But you just looked away. Let them get away with it because they was cute. (laughs) Don't let cute get you in trouble. All right, let me get back on track because this is not about cute. How did I get to cute? I don't know. But anyway, he is going to jail for seven years. And I think it's a very good thing. I think it's a good thing that we hold people accountable for trying to destroy America. And also, I think he should have gotten the, gotten the 20 years, by the way. Okay? Not seven. Because if you try to destroy this country, the least we can do is give you the time that you have earned. <laughs> At least sufficient to the crime that you've committed. So, so if, if you should not get less time than someone on 139th and Frederick Douglass in Harlem got for selling weed on the corner. You, you, you see that turn, you see how I did that? <laughs> there are people right now who are spending, that this government put drug dealers, who were not violent by the way, had no violent record, put them in jail for selling drugs, gave them life sentences, life sentences for selling drugs. And this guy tried to overthrow democracy, he got seven years. Does anybody see a problem with that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's deeply problematic. So here's my question, because I ask questions for a living, and this is why I'm going to ask you this question, all right? You think race had a part to play with that? You think if he was black and tried to overthrow the government, that he'd be in jail for a little more than seven years? I bet his cousin's in jail for more than, if he was black, I bet his cousin would be in jail for longer than seven years for, you know, stealing a car. All right, let's keep going. You guys remember last week? Yeah, I told you I love a good murder mystery. You guys remember this? Oh, I love me a good murder mystery. I love a good serial killer show. Don't judge me. But I love a good serial killer show. If it's got a serial killer in it, I want to see it, okay? I'm saved, but I ain't all the way delivered. (laughs) Murder gets me. I got a, now listen. Listen to this story, okay? Come on, children. We're about to take a little journey. So last Friday, uh, I told told you how much I love murder mysteries. So recently, check this out, listen, they found the body of a man who apparently got off an aircraft in mid-flight during an emergency landing, and his body was finally recovered. That's the plane right there. So that plane went up, it had some problems, they had to emergency land. Two people went up in the plane. Only one person came down. One of the people who was on the plane that constituted the two people who originally took off, his body was found not on the plane. Stay with me, people. This is about to get good. So it's been reported that because two people took off and only one person came down, that either the man whose body was recovered somewhere other than the plane, either he jumped out of the plane or he fell out of the plane. Okay? And that's how it's being reported. Okay? So the body of the man who was recovered um, has been identified. You, you see his photo as is Mr. Charles Hugh Crooks. His body was recovered, not on the plane. And it's being recorded, reported rather, either he jumped out or he fell out. But those of us who like murder mysteries, <laughs> those of us, you know, we like to watch shows where murder is a part of the, you know, Show. we can think of one other reason why his body was not on the plane. That has nothing to do with jumping out or falling out. Now, let me just say this, I won't get sued <laughs> because I don't want to get sued and I don't want Trina calling me later. I'm not going to, you know, mention what else could have happened. But allegedly, I'm going to do a lot of allegedly right now. Allegedly, there's one other reason why allegedly somebody might not allegedly be in the plane. Allegedly. And it might not have anything to do allegedly with jumping or allegedly being pushed out. There's another reason why somebody might not be on that plane. If two people go up and only one comes down and somebody else's body is found somewhere else, then allegedly there's another reason other than jumping or falling. (laughs) Allegedly. I'm making no accusations at all. I'm just, you know, allegedly. So I want to know, know what happens with this story. So I, I listen. I, allegedly. Let's move on. <laughs> Before I get in trouble. <laughs> Let's talk about Beyonce, people. All right. Beyonce has uh, released her most recent album. You've all heard by now that she's had to remove some of the lyrics from that album, because of black backlash, backlash, rather from people who said that some of the lyrics were offensive uh, to disabled or differently able people, they call the lyrics ape List. Um, and and one of the songs uh, the song in particular that has come under fire was co written by drake and i, w- I won't i won 't say the offensive lyric um, because that would kind of be doing what beyonce did. I would be repeating. Something that's offensive to people, and I'm not out to offend anybody. Um, and apparently, neither is Beyonce. Um, but I do happen to think, and this is why I'm doing this story, at least in part, that we might be going a little too far with sensitivity. Okay? I, I, you guys may disagree, and, and reasonable people will, will disagree reasonably, I get it. But I think we might be going a little too far on policing what people say. But shout out to to Beyonce because she was more than willing, more than ready to change the lyrics and to make sure that she accommodated the sensitivities and the feelings of her fans. And you have to appreciate an artist who is not so full of ego, who is not so full of mendacity, that that they are willing to correct themselves in mid-flight, right? So shout out to Beyonce, right? This is why people love her, because she has this ability both to be great and excellent with respect to her talent and her artistry, but also she appears to be a great human being. But then did you guys hear about Kellis, right? Am I pronouncing her name right? Kellis? Yeah. Khalees. Thank you. Khalees. So Khalees, thank you. That was a good save over there. Khalees, you know, is complaining about a, a reinterpretation that Beyonce did to her song on Beyonce's new album. Apparently, Khalees made this big deal about it and and Beyonce decided to take her take her reinterpretation off her most recent album. And Here's why I'm mentioning this. All right, because this is going to bless you. You're going to be glad I'm talking about this. Reason number one. I always tell you people that bright light come with hot heat. Remember that? That before you pray to be the biggest star and the biggest and most important person in the world, please remember that it comes with a lot of scrutiny and a lot of trouble and a lot of people looking and checking on what you're doing. See, you can get away with a lot of things now because don't nobody know or care about who you are. But wake up one morning and be Beyonce and you'll have the differently able people and you'll have Khalees and I'm about to tell you about Monica Lewinsky. All the people will be coming after you because you're the biggest thing out there. So be careful what you pray for because bright light come with what? Hot heat. But then let me say a couple of words to Khalees, okay? This is for you, my dear little sister. All right, because I think I'm older than you, so I get to call you little sister. Um, I don't really think about the music industry. I know nothing about music music industry. I know nothing about uh, the law with respect to... I don't know. I know nothing. I don't do any of that. So everything that I say... Everything that I say should be filed provisionally with that big bulk of ignorance dropped right in the middle. (laughs) I know nothing about the music industry, but here's what I do know. If Beyonce wanted to take something that I said on this show, maybe this sentence right here, (laughs) and use it on her album, if she wanted to take something that I had said in in a speech or a sermon, I promise you I would not give Beyonce grief about it. Do you hear me? Oh, no, 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 no. If Beyonce, if I, if I cut on the radio and I heard my voice on Beyonce's album and she didn't even call me, I'm not giving her a stitch of grief, none. I mean, none. Do you know why, Khalees? Because Beyonce is one of the biggest stars in the world. One of the biggest stars in the history of the world. And just being associated with her makes you relevant Makes you more relevant than you were before you were on her album. Makes you more relevant than you were before she took you off her album. <laughs> what are you doing? And at the very least, being associated with Beyonce creates other opportunities for people to rediscover who you are, to, be, to rediscover your career, and maybe to, cr- to create new opportunities for you to make new music. You follow what I'm saying? Here's the wisdom, cause that's what I do for a living. Sometimes you gotta be willing to lose the battle so that you can win the war. Don't be so focused on, you know, the immediate fight that you forget that there's a much bigger consideration being at work here. Beyonce, if you wanna use me on one of your albums vocally, you ain't even got a call. You have my permission publicly. <laughs> I'm saying right now. You know what I'm saying? And I know what I'm talking about. Just some of, y'all, some of y'all think I'm talking. Janelle, this is a true story because I don't lie on the air, at least not intentionally. Janelle Monet heard one of my sermons that I did in New York City. And she wanted to use snippets of my sermon on her album called Dirty Computer. So there are two songs on her album that has my voice on it. I think one of them is called The Americans and I forget the name of the other one. So I don't know how she found me. Right. She reached out to me. Janelle Monáe. Y'all know Janelle Monáe. She reached out to me and asked me, could she use snippets of my song? In fact, she did. uh, She was on The Tonight Show and she did the song with my voice on it and played that as part of her performance. It's The only only time I've been on The Tonight Show, (laughs) my voice was there. And when she wanted to use my voice, you think I gave her a problem? I, she offered to pay me, not, not a lot of money, a little bit of money. I would have let her done it for free. Like, take the voice. Absolutely. Use it. Because you having my voice on your project will take my voice places. It couldn't go without you. Beloved, sometimes sometimes we got to stop being so quick to be in our feelings and be offended by something and start being strategic in how we think about the world. You see, sometimes life will connect you with someone who is a fan of what you have done, and they may not give you the credit that you deserved, and the world may not have given you the credit that you deserved at the time that you originally did it, but the truth of the matter is give other generations and and people a, a chance to rediscover your gifts and genius. And now where all of us could have had a rediscovery of Khalees, And a rediscovery of her genius and capacity. Now we're all talking about the secret silent shade, rather, that Beyonce threw at her for taking her off the album. Listen, man. You ready for this? Don't let your pain make you sensitive about something you should be open-minded about. And that was for free. I'll be right back with more headlines right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So... I'm not done with Beyoncé, okay? There's more Beyoncé news. This is the most Beyoncé headlines that I've ever done on this show because there's some interesting things going on around Beyoncé, not with Beyoncé, but around her. So um, it turns out Monica Lewinsky has a problem with some of the lyrics that Beyoncé said on an album back in 2013. So now Monica wants Beyoncé to change those lyrics because apparently Monica heard and saw that Beyonce was changing lyrics for other people. And uh, so she said, you know, I know the album is back in 2013, but I want some lyrics changed about me. She wanted to get in on the action. And and speaking of action, you guys do remember who Monica Lewinsky is, right? Y'all remember? Monica Lewinsky was the intern who worked at the White House who gave President Bill Clinton some sloppy toppy. (laughs) I've been waiting to say that all day. Some sloppy toppy. That's what she gets. She gets, and she did it in the Oval Office while his wife was upstairs in the residence. Monica Lewinsky. That's who we're talking about. And she wanted, she wants Beyoncé to take some lyrics off her 2013 album. What year is it? 2022. She wants Beyoncé to take some lyrics off her 2013 album. These are these are the lyrics. Apparently, a Beyonce said. Uh, let me get this, uh, that a man had Monica lewinsky all over her gown. So now, <laughs> listen, just, just stay with me. The real, so, so the real Monica Lewinsky hinted on, hinted rather on Twitter that she wanted Beyonce to change these lyrics, you know, now this is a woman that had a full blown sex scandal with the president of the United States. I'm going to say my favorite phrase of the day, gave him sloppy toppy in the in the over that was such an interesting cut I said sloppy toppy you went right to that <laughs> it's so interesting anyway I, so I know a lot of people try to portray Monica Lewinsky at the time of the scandal as an impressionable child but at the time where Monica was in there doing what she did to Bill Clinton she was 21 years old people she was 21 years old and 21 years old may not be 40 but it ain't no child you follow what I'm saying? She was not an impressionable, uninformed little girl. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 don't you do that either. Don't y'all do that. Because let, let, let's put it this way. If I stole a car at 21 and I went to court, would the judge sentence me as a juvenile or an adult? Go ahead. You answer. Waiting. Still waiting. You know what the answer is. I would, I would go to jail as an adult for stealing the car at 21. No, 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 no. You don't get a pass. You don't get a pass. And here's what you don't get to do. This is why I'm doing this story. There are at least, at least, John in, in, in the back, in, in, in the booth in the back, pulled up sick, at least 16 songs that have lyrics about Monica Lewinsky giving sloppy toppy. <laughs> at least 16. So why are you going after Beyoncé? Huh? Why aren't you calling all the people who have all those lyrics and at least those 16 songs and making them change their lyrics too. It's because some people just wanna jump on the bandwagon and wanna clout chase and ride the wave. But the truth of the matter is, when you mess with Beyonce, you don't ride the wave, you lick the lightning. (laughs) You might wanna leave her alone because the beehive don't play. You all hear what I'm saying unto you this day? And here's the real thing. Don't come after Beyonce Like she's done something to you and and injured you and hurt you. And then you don't go after the other people who did exactly what she did. And more than that, let me give you some advice, Monica Lewinsky, because I give advice on this show. Stop bringing up something that you are apparently ashamed of. Because prior to you bringing this up, we were not talking about you giving sloppy toppy to anybody. Stop bringing up the thing you're most ashamed of. Because what happens is every time you bring it up, we get to talking about it and your shame is reinforced. You didn't even have, you, you didn't even have to jump into this discussion. You're going to let this go. This is wisdom. We all make mistakes, beloved. We've all done something we're not proud of. And you've done it and I've done it too. But you don't get to act like Beyonce is victimizing you because you did something wrong when you were younger that you're not proud of. You see, sometimes all of us have to learn how to live with what we can't live down all right let's move on speaking of living with what you can't live down let's talk about will smith okay I know you guys see his video did you see his video so speaking of um will smith so will smith uh, issued an apology not yet John <laughs> <laughs> You can see how excited they get by this. Play the video when I say so. Not yet. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta build this up. So Will Smith issued an apology to Chris Rock via video. And um if you haven't seen the video, you ready, John? Watch this clip. Uh my behavior was unacceptable, and I'm here whenever you're ready to talk. All right, and of course the video was much longer than that. We just showed you a clip. Um I saw the video, somebody sent it to me, and I have so many problems with this video. I have so many problems with what Will Smith did in this video, and while I have had traditionally a certain amount of respect for him, I have so many problems with what he is doing as a human being right now. This video to me is absolutely selfish. It is gratuitous. It is it is it is rooted in egoism and eye-mindedness. You know how I know? If you want to apologize to somebody, if you sincerely want to say you're sorry, this is good advice. You know what you should do? You should call the person that you hurt. <laughs> Come on now. Why why am I watching why, why am I watching a video? Of Will Smith apologizing to Chris Rock when I have nothing to do with that situation. The world has nothing to do with that situation. If I, if, if I wanted to apologize to 2 3 who's sitting right over there, and I put out a video on social media, then the thing he should get from that is I ain't apologizing to him, I'm performing for the world. That video that Will Smith just put out looks like something your publicist tells you to do so that you can re enter public space. So that everybody saw you apologize. If you're genuinely sorry, you don't generally apologize. That was good. That was kind of a double entendre. Y'all see that? <laughs> it came out of nowhere. <laughs> you got to go to a person directly and say you're sorry. And don't tell me you can't reach Chris Rock, okay? You can. You can. Now, I heard that Chris Rock doesn't want to talk to him, is not ready to talk to him. So what? You can text Chris, right? We all know how to text. Come on, say amen. You can email Chris. You can get his email. You can get it. Denzel can give it to you. Tyler Perry can give it to you, right? You can direct message him on one of these social media application things. Instagram, whatever. Don't tell me you can't reach him directly. No, you, you, you don't want to reach him directly because you're not apologizing to him. You're preparing some sort of social thing for you to get back into your better social graces. Don't make public apologies to people and you haven't actually talked to the person that you hurt. That's not an apology. It's a performance. It's disrespectful. It is as bad as slapping the man in the face because how you apologize... And how you seek to repair a relationship should be equal in intensity and intentionality, as is the means by which you destroyed the relationship. You didn't slap everybody at the Oscars, did you? (laughs) So why are you apologizing before the whole world? Listen, man, you know, Will Will Smith is uh, I, I, I don't know his heart. Right. I never met him. I don't know his heart and I don't have a window into his soul. I'm making no concrete evaluation of who he is as a human being, as a person. But I am making an evaluation of how his behavior is manifesting itself up against some reasonable standards for decency and sincerity. And here's what I want to say. If Will Smith was on this show right now, sitting right here on that screen that I usually talk to people on, I would say to him, what you did was stupid. The original act was stupid, and the apology is even worse than that. And your video looks like something that a publisher would tell you to do after you've done something stupid. And I would say to Will Smith, sir, stop performing. Stop performing. This is not Independence Day. This is not Wild Wild West. This is not After Earth, which was a terrible movie, by the way. This, This is real life. And if you're really sorry, then you really do the hard work of sitting before the person that you hurt and saying those words to them. I didn't slap Chris Rock. So why am I listening to the apology? I shouldn't have access to your remorse, Will Smith. Chris Rock is the only person who should have access to your remorse. And apologizing to the room will never be a sufficient proxy for apologizing to the person you actually hurt so if you're sorry then do the hard work of making sure the person you hurt knows that and that video you sent out sir that ain't it all right here's my last story before I take this break and then when we come back from the break I'm gonna do some best things that I've seen all week okay because I got some really good things I want you to see that's going on in the world uh, but this this one is is interesting um, let me set this up before y'all play this video. All right. So um, employees an employee rather at a Dillard's department store was recently fired for calling uh, a, a, a black person the N-word. And while um, experience while the experience of having some random white person call a black person the N-word is not a new phenomenon in America, how the how this black father handled this situation um, was fascinating. It might set a new model and a new standard for how this should be taken. All right? So the black man, um, don't play it yet, but the black man who has not yet been identified was shopping with his son in a department store when the little boy overheard the employee calling either him or his father, because I've heard it reported both ways, um, the N word. And after the son alerted the father to what was going on, the father proceeded uh, to read the employee in a way that is novel and different. Let's take a look at the video, at least a clip from the video. Go ahead. She done to my son. But maybe you were unaware. I know. You were unaware. I know. It, it doesn't matter about you noticing me. You shouldn't be speaking that way, <laughs> Very composed, right? Very calm. Uh, I'm it, Take some time and look at, look, at, look at the whole video to get to get a real sense of what I'm about to say. Because the way this father handled this moment would have made Lena Horne and Sidney Poitier and uh, Paul Robeson and Thurgood Marshall proud. And what I mean by that is often we get to see uh, black people responding to racism in a very, let's put it, um, verbose and sometimes in a very, hold on, let me find a word, uh, ratchet way. (laughs) So in most cases, if you call a black person the N-word, uh, you know, you're going to get some heat. We're going to get you the heat. And it's not going to be, you know, some calm, eloquent heat. It's going to be just full-blown 1952 ancestral anger that's coming back at you. But I like what this father did in this clip because what he did is he decided, you know, when it's all said and done, The way we see most black people handle situations like this on social media is not the only way to handle it. And what this father decided to do is he decided to say, I don't have to cuss you out and debase myself to put you back in your place. I don't have to demean whatever standard that I have for myself in order for me, you know, to make sure that you understand that you are beneath me and that your behavior is even far less than that. You see... It's not about going high. You know, people say hey, when they go high, when they go low, you go high. What this father did was not about going high. That's cliche. Let me tell you what he did. He understood, listen, he understood that some people and some people's behavior isn't worth the energy it takes to be ratchetly angry with them. See I put ratchet and anger together? Yeah. he, he And not, that, that's so it's not about going high. It's not about being dignified. It's about understanding that you're not worth the anger and the energy it's going to cost me to respond to you the way you do, des- at least in part, deserve. But this is the other thing I like about this video. You ready? You see, calling someone the N-word in 2022 is so 1952. I mean, it's so 1952. And is what I mean by that. You see, if someone called me the N-word in 2022, my first response would be, is that the best you can do? <laughs> like, like, is that all you can pull out? Because it's important that people understand that the traditional tools that they have used to hurt you and to break your spirit and manipulate your fears and your worries, it's important that you let people know that those tools don't work anymore. Now, I'm not saying the N-word is not offensive, or indeed it is. But I'm also saying that white folks who use it need to understand that that's a tool that's lost its power. You, you're, not, you're not breaking us because you call us the N-word. You're not sending us into hysteria and, oh, my God, my spirit is so broken because you call me the N-word. No. Now, you might get socked in the eye <laughs> or you might get a good talking to, but you have not demeaned me or ruined my day because you, you decided to use a word that you pulled out of 1952. With the the misunderstanding that the same power it had 50 years ago, you're assuming that it has today. Got some news for you, racists. That word has all but lost its power. It's all but lost its ability to define and to curate our humanity. I like what the Father did. It's a lesson for all of us. Don't give people energy that they don't deserve. Right back with some best things I've seen all week. Right after this, welcome back, everybody. During the break, we were talking about uh, the N word and, and and what I meant and 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 what I, what I what I'm saying to you is, don't be triggered. You gotta let people know that that's not gonna trigger me. You are not. That doesn't push my buttons. Now, I'm still gonna check you. <laughs> I'm Still gonna put you in your place. But I'm not gonna be all you know. No, no. Because I think Juan was saying this that that's what they want. They want they want you to go into your I'm triggered behavior, because that's how they win. A- anybody who can get you to out, act outside of your character and to be less than who you are has already won. Even if you punch them in the face, they've already won. Because they've changed. Power, I, I got to move on, but let me just say Power is the ability to make my reality your reality. That's what power, power isn't money. Power is the ability for me to take whatever's going on in my reality and to make it your reality. So if I can make you angry, if I can make you anything, I have power. You ain't got no power. You can punch me in the face, and I still got power because I made you punch me in the face. (laughs) Anyway, let's do some best things that I've seen all week. Harley, play the bumper, man. So these are some of the best things that we've seen all week, all right? This part of the show is meant to make you feel good. This is the smile, feel-good, joy part of the show. So take a look at this video. Morning, and it's even more of an honor to fly with Anya. I told Anya the other day that she is my first African-American female pilot. All right, all right, all right, all right. right. crew member in 27 years of flying. Listen, isn't that great? Now, we need to have a conversation about why in 27 years he hasn't flown with a black female pilot. That's a whole nother topic that I don't have time to cover in this particular section of the show. But I do believe that it's important that um, we give people their flowers, while they can smell them, right? I think it's important that we celebrate people, that we don't have people walking around not knowing how special valuable and important they are how the everyday manifestations of greatness are so absolutely great that they need to be recognized. I think one of the worst things you can possibly do is to wait until somebody gets into the grave for you to tell them how much they mean to you. I think that's a sin. You think being gay is a sin? Mm Mm-mm. Waiting for somebody to get into the grave before you act like you cared about them, that's the sin. I don't know where that came from, but there it is. (laughs) My point is, how about we celebrate and appreciate people? How about we stand up for people? How, how about we spend less time trunching around dealing with the folks who hurt us and a little more time celebrating the people who are doing brave, courageous and extraordinary things. The Book of Proverbs says this, since we're speaking of sin. It says, "Give goodness to those who have earned it." If you got people in your life who've been kind to you and merciful to you and extraordinary to you, then how come they don't know? And how come you don't tell them every day? If you are sleeping next to somebody who has loved you through all your craziness and been with you through all your ups and downs and trials and tribulations and you don't wake them up every morning by saying simply thank you, oh yeah, you need me to slap you with this card. You follow what I'm saying? Now, it, the video is just of a pilot recognizing the significance and the importance of this black other black pilot in his journey. But what he models is what all of us need to do. Let the people who are significant in your journey and in your life know that that is what they are. Let them know how much they've meant to you because you never know when the conversation you have with them might be the last time you ever speak to them. And wouldn't you want it to be the case that the last thing you said to someone who cared about you was about how much you cared about them? So make sure as I take this break You pick up your phone and you text somebody and let them know how much you love them and how much they meant to you and how valuable they are. Because except that you do that, then the cycle, the pattern, the transaction of goodness cannot be complete. Because when people do good things for you, the only response that you should have is an eternal thank you. So You get to thanking while I take this break. We'll be right back with more headlines and more best things that we've seen all week. Hey, everybody. So before I do another best things that I've seen all week, I thought I might say a few words, make a little deposit in your life about gas, okay? And, 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 and because I think a lot of people are assigning blame and guilt to certain people who may not deserve it. And I wanted to bring this story um, just to make sure that you understand what's going on. You ready? Settle in, children. This is going to be interesting. So I don't know if you know it or not, but British Petroleum, BP, the gas company, the British gas company, um, they reported a profit of, wait for it, eight point five billion dollars just for the second quarter. You heard me. BP has recorded a profit of eight point five would it be billion dollars just for the second quarter alone. And if you want to know why gas prices are high, it ain't Joe Biden. <laughs> He has nothing to do with gas prices, okay? Literally, nothing to do with gas prices. It's not his fault. If you want to know why gas prices are so high, let's go back to where we started. One company alone reported eight point five billion dollars worth of profit just for one quarter—the second quarter of the year. Okay? Not, 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 not. Just in case you're doubting what I'm saying, Exxon Mobil and Chevron reported. That their profit has tripled in the second quarter. In fact, in the second quarter, five companies have amassed $55 billion worth of profit just in the second quarter. <laughs> you wanna know why gas prices are high? That's why they're high. They're high because gas companies continue to make a lot of money from our willingness. To buy their product at any price because we don't have any options. Now, I know prices have gone down a little, and thank God that they have. But I'm just telling you, these companies are making money hand over fist. And you need to know why the prices are so high. It's not because it costs them more to bring the gas to you, or it's not just because of that. And it's not just because of the war in Ukraine. It's also because they get away with charging you more money so that they can make more profit. And we pay it because we don't have a choice. Most people don't have electric cars. They got to run on gas and they know it so they can charge what they want. And as long as we pay it, they get to make a lot of money. Yeah, I, I know I, I'm for people being upset about the ridiculous. I think that's important. But make sure you're upset with the right people and the people who deserve it. And that's why I wanted to bring this to you. Because you guys know whenever I do a story, it ain't just about the story that I'm doing. Anybody could do this story. This could have been on The Black Report or Tammy Mack. It might have been on their stories. But they ain't going to do with it what I'm about to do with it because they don't do what I do. This story is about making sure that your anger is directed at the people who deserve it and that you're not mad at the whole room when the whole room didn't hurt you. Come on, Dr. Sean. I'm about to throw my shoe at myself. Don't be mad at every man for what mo- one man did. Don't be mad at every woman for what one woman did. Don't be mad at all black people. Don't be mad at all white people. Don't be mad at all gay people, all straight people because of what a- No, be mad at the person who did the thing to you and stop generalizing your anger and generalizing your contempt, your resentment and your pain. Direct your resentments to the people who earned them. You're sitting around not liking Joe Biden because you're paying more gas, and you're letting BP get away with making $8.5 billion worth of profit, ExxonMobil and Chevron, $55 billion worth of profit. You ain't even mad at them, but you're mad at Joe Biden. Like, he's the worst thing that ever happened to you. Stop it. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do one more best thing that I've seen all week. Hailey, play the bumper, man. You need to play that music longer. So listen to this, this is the story I wanted to end with before I did some Ask Dr. Sean. And this is the story, this is the story. This is the feel good story, you ready? Come on people, this is it. So, Maya Zamora, Maya Zamora, that pretty little angel right there, she was critically injured at the deadly school shooting at Uvalde, Texas. She's been discharged from the hospital 66 days after she was first admitted. Maya was injured along with all of those, blessed souls who died there. Uh, 18, 19 children were killed. Teachers were murdered. Ultimately, the shooter went into the school and decimated. The police didn't do their job, right? And Maya was also shot and injured critically when all of this happened. 66 days later, Maya's going home. Ain't that some good news? And when I say good news, I don't mean to heaven. I mean she's going home to her friends and family. She's got a lot of work to do. She's got a lot of support that she needs physically, emotionally, psychologically, otherwise. But I just want to say it again. Maya's going home, people. Shot by a madman not helped by police who had no courage in a country that won't critique itself just long enough to make sure that guns don't proliferate. But she's going home anyhow. She's going home. And it just goes to show you that good news can pop out. It can happen. That, that, that oysters are still suffering pearls. You know what I'm saying? And, diamond, and coal is still being pressed into diamond. And little girls, little beautiful Latin girls, are going home to their families after being wounded and hurt and left for dead. Because against the will of the world and sometimes against the wishes of those who wish us dead, we do heal. Yeah, we do heal. And that's her story, that's her legacy. So for all of you who are crushed and debilitated and wounded by whatever life is doing, take your courage from Maya. And let her be your teacher. For she teaches us that there's always life after death. And there's more for you to do. Yeah. I need to take a break. I'm going to take a break. And then, I, oh, I'm, I'm going to do one more video, okay? I'm going to do one more video. Because I want you to see this. And, uh, but I want to leave you with Maya. Yeah. Let Maya sink into your spirit, people. Healing happens. Take a break, Hiley. Right now. Welcome back, everybody. You know, the Maya story, the little girl going home after being shot at the school in Uvalde, Texas, it, 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 to me, it, it, it reinforces that sometimes the victory is the fact that you showed up. That's what I had to get out before I moved on. That's it. Sometimes, sometimes the fact that you're here says that you've already won. All right, there's a video of a grandmother receiving news uh, about having a grandbaby, and uh, I just thought you should see it. So play that video, John. I have this who hey! oh my god oh my god <laughs> money calm down oh my god oh my god <laughs> she is extremely happy I wasn't that happy when I became a grandfather I just thought I was a little too young to be a grandfather I was like you doing what to me <laughs> but this isn't about me Joy happens. I love to see people happy. And she was, that was beyond happy, right? What do you call that? That was, I, I don't know, whatever it was, euphoria. Um, but, that, but listen, don't you need to see that on the end of the week after the kind of week that you had? And it's not big things that make people happy, by the way. It's just little things, you know, just little drops of goodness sprinkled on our lives that keep us going. And, and what for me, you know, it's not a big deal. But for her, big deal. Best news she had all day. That's why when you have good news, you share it, because you never know what it means to the people you're telling it to. All right. Yeah, congratulations, by the way, to that family. And the new addition they're about to have to their lives. It's going to be a great journey. First four months are going to be hell, because they don't go to sleep. (laughs) But after that, they're great. All right, highlight. Let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Play the bumper. (laughs) ¶¶ So you guys always send me tremendous videos, and um, this one is no different. Let's take a look at it. Hi, Dr. Sean. My name is Justelle Foster. I am from Palmdale, California, and as you know, dating this generation can be a bit difficult. I was wondering, when I find my person, how do I know if I'm in love or if it's just an infatuation? Do you have any advice for me, Dr. Sean? Oh, great question. Tristelle, that's her name? Tristelle, did I get it right? Great question. And first, let me say you are a beautiful woman. So you're, gonna, you're not going to have any problems finding people who are interested in you. So you're asking me the right question because attention and attachment and commitment are not the same thing. First, let me tell you very quickly that not every, not every connection deserves to be a relationship. Those are two very different things. You can be connected to a lot of people for a long time, but it never turned into something more than that because you begin to understand more about yourself and about them. Relationships and connections are not the same thing. But you asked me about love, which is, of course, what I do. (laughs) So this is how you know it's love. It's always love when the question you most consistently ask yourselves about each other is what will happen to him? In your case, sister, what will happen to him if I don't do this or if I let this happen? If you are consistently trying to find ways to protect someone from pain without lying. And always trying to find ways to make them smile because your immediate instinct is to think about how what you're about to do is affecting them. You might be sneaking up on love because the love question is never what will happen to me. How can I get away with this? How's this person making me feel how I'm attracted to this other person? No. What will it mean to the person I love if I cheat on them? If you're asking that question, you cooking with hot grease. Here's the other way. Love is essentially about the willingness to see value in someone. And the ability to see value in someone means that you, you, you give them a value that they might not have without your vision. You follow what I'm saying? If you look at someone and you can genuinely see something in them and you believe that what you see is is possible and tenable for them, love is the ability to see in somebody what is not always present. And even when they are not at their best, you can still have an appreciation and see their value. If you if you are acting like a kid, but I can see the king in you. hmm, Might be love. But this is the big one, right? This is the big one. This is how you really know, all right? Because I could go on for hours with this. I could do this for hours. You like how I put that in there? I can't sing, though. Love is about sacrifice. And if you are sacrificing your time, your attention, your space, your comfort, even your fears to have someone, to bless someone, to hold someone, you might be dealing with love. And if they are doing that for you, if sacrifice is at the core of what you're doing and people are not just taking, 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 but they really believe in reciprocity, like they will not let you give without them making sure that they've added to your life, you might be cooking with hot grease. But here's what you should have asked me. (laughs) How do I know if someone is even capable of love? And the way you know that somebody is capable of love is you watch how they treat themselves. And when they honor themselves, and when they're kind with themselves, and honest with themselves, and patient with themselves, when they can laugh at themselves and critique themselves, you have someone who has character. Because character isn't just how I treat the world out here. Character is, are the principles and the methods that I apply to myself first. So if you find someone who exhibits the capacity for character, Someone who can make sacrifice, someone who can see value, huh? somebody who is willing to think about you before they think about themselves. And you might be cooking with hot grease. All right. Do I have time for one more? This is a quick one. I uh, I don't have time. I don't have time. So you guys got to come back (laughs) and I'll do this question the next time we're together. All right. So thank you for tuning in. It's been a great show. End of the week. Have a great West of the week. And I'll see you next week. Y'all be amazing, all right? Be amazing, because that's your birthright. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Don't dim your light. Shine every chance you get. And whoever doesn't like your light deserves the absence and the presence of the darkness you create when you're not in the room. All right? Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, people. Be good to each other, because... I love you. How about that? As your kid grows, their tastes change too. Keeping their closet stocked with what they love and what fits can get challenging. No worries, Stitch Fix has you covered. We'll send clothes to suit their unique vibe and your budget with pieces starting at just $10. Simply tell us about your kid's style, keep their faves, and return the rest for free. Give us a try today and save 25% when you keep all 10 items from Stitch Fix. Now that's Kids Style Made Easy go to stitchfix.com to get started. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice, red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.